0: His love in the book he has given Wonderful things in the Bible I see This is the dearest that Jesus loves me I am so glad that Jesus loves me Jesus loves me Jesus loves me me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me Jesus loves me Him in wonder away Still He doth Love me wherever I Stray Back to His dear loving arms Would I flee When I remember That Jesus loves me I am so glad That Jesus loves me Jesus loves me Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. I am so glad Jesus loves me Jesus loves even me Oh, if there's only one song I can sing When in His beauty I see the great King This shall my song in eternity be Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me I am so glad that Jesus loves me Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me, I am so glad that Jesus loves me, Jesus loves even me. We're going to have a word of prayer before we get on to our next song. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that everything we've done here tonight will be pleasing unto you. I pray that you'll be with the special music that we're going to have shortly. Be with Pastor Goff as he's going to be preaching. May our hearts be open to your word, Lord. May we receive it and apply it to our lives. And leave here all the much better person. It's in Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Okay, the next song I'm going to sing is 737. You need to have a book because you probably don't know this song. You're going to be learning a new song, I think. Like a Glorious River. Pastor Goff this morning, he talked about Distress remember you should remember you preach (laughs) he talked about distress and he talked about having a song in your heart this song has been in my heart for the last month and i said the next time ethan did request it would be me requesting this song but then i inquired around and it seemed like nobody knew the song did anybody know that song like a glorious river oh great a couple of you good Otherwise, we're going to learn a brand new song tonight, okay? This song I love, huh? And, and even Joanne's going to learn the song. <laughs> so we're going to sing Like a Glorious River. It kind of fits in with distress and how, how the Lord can just take you out of that distressful time. So Like a Glorious River, 737. It's for- The second, first, okay. Hidden in the hollow of his blessed hand, never folk can fall. Touch the Spirit there. that would go along with your message this morning. Where they go. Okay, the Goths are going to take over now. They're going to do some specials for us, and uh, we're going to surely enjoy that. How many of y'all do they?
1: Think about technology up here. There's one of them things I was talking about at the church today. It looks like one of them e-cigarettes I see people smoking. Don't tell everybody. <laughs> I'm just—I was the last one up here. What you <laughs> I must have left it. But uh, anyway, good to see you here in the house of the Lord tonight. And it's been a uh, been a kind of a crazy day for me. I've been up and down the mountain twice, and uh, it's okay though. I've enjoyed it. And uh, we went down for our 2 p.m. service. We have a midday service on Sunday. We don't have a Sunday night service. And uh, we have discipleship. We're discipling our whole congregation at one time. And we're going through a, um, uh, we're going through a material called Changed in His Image. Uh, Dr. Jim Berg by, uh, out of Bob Jones University, he wrote that many, many years ago. And, um, uh, of course, we use continue. When we, when we lead somebody to the Lord, we put them in, uh, we put them in shallow water. We call continue shallow water. Uh, but if you want to go deep water, you go with, uh, you go with changing his image. And so uh, we just, uh, we've just been going through that. We're, I think we're starting our seventh week. We've got about five weeks to go or six weeks or something like that. And I didn't want to miss down there today because I'm the one that teaches that. And so uh, I have had a long day, but it's been a good day. So I appreciate uh, the Lord giving us health and strength to be back. Well, we brought our uh, singers with us from our church And our piano player here is Josh, and he's going to play at the end. But uh, my youngest son, his fiance Dana, is going to sing two songs, and then Josh will play at the end. So Josh, y'all come, and here's a mic for Dana. And uh, Josh will play instrumental. He likes to play instrumentals, and uh, he won't need a mic at the end, okay? There you go. And then after that... I her to sing that again. Uh, my heart was just smoked uh, uh, for my friend. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> me and Brother Mike sitting side by side. He didn't look at me, but I sure looked at him. And uh, I don't understand what he's going through. I'm fixing to celebrate 30 years on November the 9th of my wedding anniversary. And uh, I'm just being honest with you, church. I feel like we'll just stop and pray for Brother Mike and his wife and who knows what God's going to do in this situation I'm telling you God smote my heart while she was singing that His hand is a guiding hand and we don't understand all things that work together for good we don't understand that but I'm telling you one thing God's hand has been there all along and it's not just a past tense hand I, I'm going to tell you about a verse of scripture that the Lord showed me day. I was reading through the book of Exodus and Moses was giving excuses. And he said, well, who am I going to tell them sent me down here? He said, you tell them, I am that I am. And I'm going to tell you something. That name of God that he said, I am that I am, he said, that's a present tense name. He said, that's a powerful name. And he said, that I am. I'm thinking about the future tense name. God is Almighty God. He's past, present, and future, and His hand is with us right now. And uh, my, Brother Mike, I appreciate that you've been asking me to come. But I just want to kneel and pray. And uh, I'll tell you what, do I don't know if y'all have done this. Uh, I, I know we've got social distancing rules. We've got like a big old altar up here. Uh, but Brother Mike, if you'll come here, I want to pray with you. But the Bible says, where two agree is touching anything on earth, that they shall ask it shall be given of our Father which is in heaven. <laughs> I told you this morning, church, I wouldn't have graduated Bible college if you hadn't been for this man right here. I wouldn't have graduated. Brother Mike, come up here. I want to pray with you, buddy. And, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I love this song right here, but this man, God, knows, he smoked my heart about praying for Brother Mike. And, uh, if I could get, you, if I could get uh, Stephen over here, you come up here with me. And, uh, listen, brother, if you'll come, you'll come up here. I don't know your name, but you just, sung, you just led the music. Y'all come. Some of these men, you come. And, uh, let's just get around your pastor right here. And, and uh, hey, listen, I, Brother Mike's still here. Uh, and, uh, but God has a hand that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or thank. If anybody else wants to get around this altar, before she sings this song, we're going to pray for this man right here. Because he needs us to undergird him and encourage him. Amen. Let's all pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful uh, that you smote my heart. God, I'm, I'm so thankful for your Spirit as we talked about this morning. We know you're for us. And if you be for us, who can be against us? And God... You've given us of your spirit. And uh, Father, I just want to thank you tonight for giving us the privilege of getting around this altar. And not just around the altar, but around this man. This is your man. This is this is the man you have, uh, God, you have placed in this uh, this position. And Lord, we know that, uh, Lord, that uh, the situation is not favorable. But God, we know you're able. Many situations in the past have not been favorable, but God, you've come through. And I'm just praying, God, for a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit of God. I pray you'd undergirt Brother Mike tonight, and, and God, you strengthen him. You strengthen him, Lord. And you're able to do that. You're able to do exceeding, abundantly above all we could ask or think. And I don't know every need of his life. I, I've not talked with him in in uh, detail about anything. But I know this. You've have smoked me about praying for him and these men around the altar praying around their pastor, I'm so glad, God, that he has the support of these people, and I'm so thankful, Lord. Only you know the future for Victory Way Baptist Church, and we pray right now, God, that you'd move in a mighty way. I pray through this song, as it's sung again, that you'd continue to minister not only to Brother Mike and myself, but this congregation of fine people. Lord, I pray that you'd do a miraculous work here tonight, and God, we're going to praise you and thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Appreciate you guys. Have a look.
2: The common thread that cannot be ignored you were there not left up to chance Lord I know
1: Because His love has been there all along, we can sing, How Great Thou Art. I told you this morning how important it was to have a song. Uh, uh, Dark times, distressing times, as the brother said tonight, uh, difficult times. uh, But because His love is there all along, we can uh, have a song. And we should be singing, How Great Thou Art. You said, Preacher, I don't understand. Uh, He don't ask us to understand. He asks us to believe, trust, follow. And so I'm very thankful uh, for that. Well, I brought several. I was sitting back there thinking I need to introduce my family. And I'm not going to have them stand up and wave at you or anything. But I brought my wife, as I said, November the 9th of 30 years. Of course, I had her with me here this morning. And my oldest son's over here. He preached for y'all just a few weeks ago. Bradley, his wife Kayla, and my grandson Josiah. And uh, he's here with us tonight, and then my daughter, or my son-in-law right here, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say Quentin and Shana, I usually say Shana and Quentin, uh, but her husband Quentin is here, and Shana, my daughter, sitting beside uh, of her mother, and then my youngest son, uh, Eric, and then his uh, fiance, Dana, who done the singing, and then we have a, I don't know what we'd call Austin, but uh, <laughs> uh, he is a, uh, he is just a, f- a family member that is, You know, you ever heard about these? My uncle's cousin's brother's nephew on my daddy's side, all that stuff. Well, he is Kayla, which is my daughter-in-law's brother. So he's in there somewhere. I'm just not sure. And then Josh is our piano player of several years now. And uh, we call him one of our sons as well. He's traveled with us uh, all over the country. We've been from Florida to New Mexico and all around. And uh, he's been with us on vacation and mission trips and things like that. And so we call him our our son as well and then my mother's here and so her name's Charlotte and she's here and uh so that's all of my family and most of the time most of the time where one goes we all go. And so I'm very thankful that God's given us a night where we can spend together. Amen. Well let's look in our Bibles. I know you're usually uh you're used to you're used to just a few songs and then into the scripture and then out of here uh by nine thirty anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, y'all laughing, but if I was preaching at 9.30, you wouldn't be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Mike's out of here, man. Go ahead, Brother Mike. the Mike. One of the great things about using this is I
0: can also still get text. But <laughs> Just some good news I want to share. I'm going to be the first to share. We're on live stream, aren't we? I guess I can share this. Uh, From Ethan Pratt. She said yes.
1: Amen. Amen. All right. Congratulations. Ethan's the song leader. Is that correct? Okay. Whoever she was, I don't know her, but uh, anyway, she said yes. And that's always a good thing. When you give them a ring, if they say no, you've made a bad mistake. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I didn't give my wife 30 years ago, I didn't give her a chance to say yes or no. I just told her, we're getting married next Friday, whether you like it or not. It must have worked because we've been married 30 years. Amen. What a blessing. Turn in your Bibles tonight the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 10, Hebrews 10. And I'm preaching through a series here, not uh, uh, down at our church. I don't want to turn it into a series for you tonight. Uh, I'm going to give you the main outline, but I'm actually using every one of these points and, and going in detail, uh, but I'll give you the main outline here tonight, and which is something I've not given our church. I haven't given them the main outline. I give them one point and stopped and went in detail, and uh, so, but I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 10, and uh, we're going to read verses uh, 19 down to verse 25, and I'm going to just give you a thought tonight. It's probably more than a thought. It's a message. Uh, but I'm interested in what verse 25 has to say. Verse 24, 25 go together. I'm interested in what verse 25 has to say. There's a there's a phrase in there that I believe, uh, as uh, believers, uh, we need to be uh, appropriating in our lives, and not just in our lives, but in the lives of other people around us. So let's look, let's read a few of these verses. The Bible says, "Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus." And what here the writer is, is declaring to the Jewish believer is this, that Jesus is the better sacrifice. Jesus is the better sacrifice. And uh, Jesus' blood was better, and is better, and will be better. It's, I'm telling you, the past, the present, and the future, uh, there's no need for any other. Uh, Jesus' blood is better than the blood of bulls and goats. And so the author here, or not the author, but the writer here, is instructing or telling these folks that, hey, the blood of Jesus is the better sacrifice. And so he says, "...having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil," that is to say, His flesh, "...and having an high priest over the house of God." Notice here, three invitations. "...let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith." having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And verse 24 is the third invitation we'll be focusing on tonight. Notice this, and let us consider one another. As we are just setting. listen to that song, the Holy Spirit of God. Smoked my heart. I looked over at Brother Mike. I don't know if he was wiping tears or not before I said anything. I kind of think he was. Uh, and I think he was wiping them on the pew. So I hope he ain't spreading anything. But I'd have wiped them there too if I didn't have a tissue. Uh, but listen to this. The Holy Spirit of God smoked my heart about doing one, Considering one another. Uh, I don't know anything about your congregation. But I want to provoke you tonight or encourage you tonight to care for the ones sitting around you. Care for the ones that are sitting around you. You don't know what people are going through and when they are missing from the congregation, they need somebody to give them a call. Amen. I have a set of postcards at our church that are blank on the back. And on the front, they've got our church logo. And I use postcard stamps. And I'll just sit in my office sometimes and I'll take our church registry. I'll do five at a day or something like that. And I'll just write hand notes to everybody on the church registry. Hey, I'm thinking about you today. I'm praying for you today. People enjoy getting cards in the mail. People in well, like Brother Mike said this morning, young people love to get texts, amen. They're not gonna get much other than a text from me. I don't do much Facebook, I don't do any Facebook, I don't know what Snapchat is, I don't know what Instagram is, I don't know, I don't I don't even have to operate that mic that was up here. I'm just that way. I will text you, but people wanna know and they wanna be loved by other people. And so here's what the here's what the message is tonight. Verse 24 and 25, "...let us consider one another to provoke unto love." How do you get somebody to love you? How do you get somebody to love you? How in the world did we as Christians fall in love with God? Because He what? He first first loved us. So in order to get somebody to love you, you must love them. And listen to this, don't wait on somebody to love you first. You love them. Let us let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Notice this and so much the more as you to see the day approaching. Now I believe that the rapture of the church is a signless event. I'm not looking for signs of the rapture. But I do believe this is making reference to the second coming of Christ. And so as we see the days approaching, and I know this is more in Jewish context here, but I can take and make application. All Scripture is not written necessarily to me, but it is for me, for my admonition and my learning. And I don't think uh, encouraging somebody today is just for the Jews. I believe it's for the church. Amen. I believe the church ought to be interested in their family, and which I'm talking about the family of God, and we ought to be encouraging one another. Do you agree with that? If you agree with that, raise your hand. Because I can't see many of you. You've got your faith. So you agree that we should be encouraging one another. Right. So, in verse 25, the Bible says a phrase here. Notice toward the end. It said, exhorting one another. I'm going to give you a thought tonight on uh, exhorting one another. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, your spirit again. And uh, God, for your presence here tonight. I pray you take the Word of God. And encourage everybody that's here tonight. And Lord, who's watching my live stream, we want to ask you to bless them as well. I know there's a dear lady pulled up into a parking lot this morning said her back was hurting so bad she couldn't hardly sit still. And so I pray, Father, you touch her. And help her, Lord. You know others that can't be here because of health problems, and and uh, Lord, uh, some are or some are afraid of of uh, uh, getting around people and all these things, Lord. So I pray you'd just speak to those hearts that are watching by way of live stream, listening to the radio, or 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 even here, Lord. Whatever it is, I pray you'd help them and uh, God bless them, and we'll thank you and praise you for all you do in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, uh, the word exhorting, the phrase exhorting one another. Now, the word exhort. It means this. It means to incite by words or advice. I was thinking about this. My, uh, my, my, my boys like ball. They, uh, they watch football, they watch baseball, and, and every now and then I'll watch something with them. And over the last several years, I've been noticing uh, how that uh, when when a uh, one player on one team wants to encourage another player on their team, you know what they'll say a whole lot of times. Come on, man, come on, let's go. You, you ever seen that on TV? You're watching sports. They'll say, "Let's go, let's go, let's go." Well, you know what they're trying to do. They're trying to incite them to get psyched up about the game they're playing and 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 going on to win the game. That as believers is what we're supposed to do to one another. If we see one of our brothers or sister kind of getting cold on the Lord or kind of getting cold in their service here at the church, we're supposed to come around them, not be judgmental to them, but be encouraging to them and encouraging them and say, hey, let's go. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, the word exhort means to incite by words or advice. Uh, it means to urge by arguments or reason uh, to a good deed. We need to be provoking one another unto love and what? Good works. Provoking one another to love and good works. It means, it means this, it means to uh, uh, to urge them by reason or, uh, or arguments to a good deed or to any laudable conduct or course of action. We should care about the conduct of fellow believers. Amen. i say that's right. Now, we know the days approaching. We know that the perilous times are here. We talked about that this morning, and as those days uh, uh, wax worse and worse, as the Bible says, we need to be concerned about each other. And so, I'm going to give uh, tonight five actions—five actions, five actions tonight—that uh, uh, that we should adopt as Christians. Five actions that we should adopt here as Christians. Uh, to, and, and helping us to exor- exhort or to encourage one another. The very first thing I want to say uh, tonight is this right here. The first action is this. We ought to exhort one another to... Uh, and Brother, Brother Mike was saying it this morning. Uh, he was using the word woke. But I, I want to use it as it says in the Scriptures, Awake to Righteousness. We are to encourage one another to wake up. Would you be honest with me and say, you know, through the days of COVID nineteen and through the times that we've had to stay shut in at the house, would you would you be honest with me and say I've got a little bit lazy on the Lord? I've got a little lazy on the Lord. I've not passed. Out. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've not passed out near the gospel tracks in 2020 as I passed out in 2019. I mean, down at our little church, I mean, uh, listen, y'all's church on this side would hold more people than our church in, at, at, that I pastor. You'd hold more people in these pews on this side than the church I pastor. And I I would go on to believe that we passed out at least 10,000 tracts in 2019. I haven't cracked a box on box on 5,000 this year. I'm telling you, I've got a little uh, lax or a little cold on the Lord. I've used it as an excuse. COVID-19. But what we need to do is we need to look at one another. And we need to incite people. We need to exhort people to awake out of our sleep. Notice what the Bible says. Turn with me. I love the Bible. I want to read the Bible. I want to glean from the Bible. But turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 33. Notice this. The Bible says in verse 33, "...be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners." You know what being lazy will do? It will promote you to be lazier. Come on, somebody wake up and say amen right there. If you're lazy, you know what you're going to get? You're going to become Lazier. And so I'm going to exhort you tonight to awake out of sleep. Notice what the Bible says in verse 33. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Notice here what the remainder of this verse says. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. You know why we need to wake up? You know why we need to be, uh, listen, this brother over here, uh, going to this brother over here and say, hey, you want to go out on visitation with me? You know why we need to be doing that? You know why we need to be figuring out how to get the Gospel to Hillsville, Virginia? I was going to say Hillsville, North Carolina, but Hillsville, Virginia, and Winston-Salem, North Carolina. You know why we need to do that? And you know why we need to wake up? Awake to righteousness? Because yes, some people have never heard the Gospel. Awake to Righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. We need to exhort one another to, hey man, come on, let's go. Let's go on visitation. Let's figure out a way that we can get the Gospel to our community. Notice what the Bible says in Ephesians 4. Rather, Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. And the Bible says in verse 14. The Bible says here, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, that's upright, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are, days are evil. Right here we are. We've talked about this morning. We're back talking about it tonight, how bad the days are. And as the days get worse and worse, it's easy to kind of be like a hermit crab and go into our shell and not want to go out, but we need to be encouraging one another to wake up and go out and give out the Gospel. Amen. Number one, I want to say we need to awake to righteousness. That's the first action that we need to adopt. 1 Thessalonians, I'm not going to read all that for time's sake, but 1 Thessalonians 5 1 through 11 talks again about waking up. I'd say the church needs to wake up. I believe that with all my heart. As I was looking at this outline the other day, and the Lord, the Lord helped me with a few things, just practical things. You know the first thing we need to do in the morning? To wake up. First thing we need to do. 5 o'clock every morning, my alarm clock goes off. That's not for me. That's for my wife. She's got to go to work. <laughs> my alarm clock goes off at five o'clock, man, man, man. This morning it went off at six o'clock. Now that was for me because I had to go across town to get my suit coat and then drive all the way up here and be up here by nine thirty. And so I had to get up early. You said, "Well, that I get up earlier than that." Well, God bless you. You pray for me that I'll start getting up earlier than that. Amen. But but let me say this: the very first thing we need to do is wake up in the morning. But you know what? The second action that we need to adopt is, the Lord, Lord was kind of helping me with some of these things. And uh, the second thing is, we need to, uh, we need to adorn the doctrine of God. In other words, here's what the Lord showed me. We need to put on some things. You know, the first thing you need to do, uh, before you go out and walk your dog, put your clothes on. Amen. I guarantee your neighbors won't like it if you go outside without putting on your clothes and walk your dog. I talked about my little beagle this morning. Uh, My neighbors can see me across my backyard. I don't go out without my shirt on. They don't need to see all that. Amen. Uh, But uh, the second thing I need to do as a Christian and and, and exhorting one another is I need to adorn the doctrines of God and you need to adorn the doctrines of God. You said, preacher, what do you mean by adorning the doctrines of God? Go with me to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter number 2. That's over there after... Uh, That's after several of them books, and over there after 2 Timothy. Titus chapter 2, and notice what the Bible says in verse 9. "...exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters, and please them well in all things, not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things, for the grace of God bringeth salvation, hath appeared to all men." God expects us to put on Jesus Christ. The second thing you need to do... Is encourage one another to put on uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, what does that mean? To adorn means to render pleasing or attractive. The way we live our life as Christians will provoke others to want to live their life the same way. If you're living a zealous life for God, it will want to it will provoke others to live a zealous life for God. If you're living a lazy life for God, it'll 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 provoke others to live a lazy life for God. We're to encourage one another to adorn the doctrines of God. You say, preacher, what's that mean? To make God's teaching in our life attractive to sinners. We need to adopt that in our life. We need to wake out out of sleep and we need to adorn the doctrines of God. Look what Romans 13 says. Romans 13 and verse number 12. Romans 13 and verse number 12. The Bible says this, The night is far spent, The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I was just thinking about some of those Christians uh, over in Antioch. You know why Christians were first called Christians at Antioch? It's because of this right here. They adorned the doctrines of Christ. they done it in such a way uh, that other people would look at them and say, that's them Christians. They act just like Jesus. Can the world say that of you? If you adorn the doctrine of God, they'll say that of you. He acts like Jesus. He acts like Jesus. First action. We need to awake. Awake to righteousness. second thing we need to do, we need to adorn the doctrines of God. But the third thing we need to do, we need to addict ourselves to ministry. Here's kind of a funny illustration the Lord helped me with. You know, I, I, I told you this morning I'm a routine guy. I'm not going to go into detail once I go to the bathroom on the routine, but I will tell you how I walk my dog. My dog has like become the the boss. Anybody here got a dog that's the boss? Raise your hand if you got a dog that's the boss. All y'all don't want to tell the truth. Oh, I see two hands back yonder. Your dog is the boss. My dog is the boss. Brother Mike, before the dog, I'd get up and the first thing I'd do is go to the bathroom. That's natural. I'm so I'm not trying to be ugly here. First thing we ever all of us do is go to the bathroom. But the dog's the boss. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? He's gotta to go to the bathroom before I get to go to the bathroom. And so what's he do? I get up and I wear flip-flops. And I, I'm not painting a picture of all that, but I wear flip-flops. And so I put flip-flops on and I gotta take him outside. That's the first thing of the routine. I'm talking about routine. And so I go out and, and by the way, it don't, it don't hurt to be routine because what's this right here? You don't forget things when you're routine. Amen. Because I forget. And so I walk the dog. You know what sometimes? I'm going to tell you all something funny before I go on and tell you the rest of that. Sometimes, as dumb as I am, I will forget to hook him, bend over, and hook him to his collar with that leash. I take him from the leash to a chain out in the backyard so he can use the bathroom. Sometimes I forget. He's a rabbit dog. Do you all know what he does? He goes crazy because I've had him caged up in the house. He takes off burning a trail. And I've said, oh, did I just forget to do that? And next thing you know, I'm Huck Finn. I'm down through the woods. I'm crossing creeks, man. I'm running all over. But (laughs) I'm just telling you, he's a crazy dog. Got a crazy owner. And and so anyway, so the first thing to talk about routine. The next the next one, you'll understand what I'm talking about when I get there. So here I do. I go, put my flip flops on. I take him outside, hook him to the chain, and come back, go to the bathroom. Come out of the bathroom. You know what the next thing I do? Somebody guess the next thing I do. Go to the coffee pot. I I got a Keurig machine. You know, it's got that drawer on the bottom of it, and it holds all them rows of coffee. You know, do y'all know what a Keurig is up here? Y'all raise your hand if you know what a Keurig is. Amen. Now we're talking. Amen. And so, uh, uh, The third action, I'm going to give it to you now. The third action that we need to adopt is we need to adopt addicting ourselves to the ministry of the gospel. Addicting ourselves. Man, I get in there at that coffee pot. I pull out that curry, that tray. I get there. There is none in there right now. They're empty. Quentin's drunk them all. Amen. But uh, so I get the coffee, and I, I get my coffee, and I, I get my Bible. I go to the front porch, or all, whatever it may be. So I'm just telling you routines. But you know what? I don't never pass up the coffee pot. You know why? Because I'm addicted to coffee. I'm addicted to it. But we need to be addicted to the ministry of the gospel. Addicted to the ministry of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse number 15. This is a little short verse, but it's talking about a church of Achaia. And the Bible says in verse number, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 15, it said, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Man, they cared about taking care of one another. Ain't that a blessing to know somebody cares? That ought to got a... Man, I'm talking about we ought to blow the tiles out of this ceiling. Who in here likes to know somebody cares about them? Raise your hand. This church of ki, they was addicted to taking care of each other. Addicted to it. You know what the word addicted means? It means to be devoted, to apply habitually. You know what? If they saw somebody hiccup wrong, and they thought maybe they was going to try to fall out of church. They were right there on top of it. I'm sad to say about my own self as pastor. Sometimes I let people miss too. Matter of fact, I got a young, uh, uh, a new convert. I've done discipled him through two two dis- different discipleship materials. He didn't come to church on Thursday night, and uh, he wasn't there today. And I asked his mom in that two p.m. service. I said, "Where's Miguel at?" She said, uh, "He's been sick, but he's already said the preacher hadn't called." Do you let people miss and miss and miss and miss before you start calling and finding out what's going on? You know an action we need to adopt in these days that we're living in? We need to addict ourselves to the ministry of the saints. Who in here doesn't have a need? We all have needs. And we need somebody to help take care of us. There is nobody in here self-sufficient you understand that? You know why I know you're not self-sufficient? Because you're just like me. We're creatures and we're not the Creator. Our God is self-sufficient. But we're dependent. We're dependent on God, but God will use people to help take care of us. We need somebody to take care of us. So here's what we need to do. We need to encourage each other to take care of one another. We need each other in these last days. When the times are waxing worse and worse and the heat's on like it's never been before. seems like the government's against us. It seems like the principalities and the powers are, are, are getting stronger and all the time we need to be a close-knit family and we need to be addicted to taking care of one another. Amen. Now, number one, these are actions we need to adopt. Number one, We need to awake to righteousness. Why? Because some people have never heard the Gospel. Number two, we need to adorn the doctrines of God. We need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, we need to addict ourselves to the ministry of the saints. Uh, People caring about people. I just got one verse of Scripture I need to read to you. I'm not even going to read it. I'm going to quote it. You remember what Jesus said about His disciples? He said, listen, I want you to love one another. I want you to love one another. Love one another. You said, why does He want us to love one another? He said, because it's by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. You know what? You know what will reach Hillsville faster than knocking on doors? It's a good right here, Brother Mike. Here's what will reach Hillsville faster than knocking on doors. It will reach Hillsville faster than live stream, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, texting, any other kind of social media, it'll reach Hillsville faster than everything. That if this church would fall in love with each other and begin to care about one another, the Word would get out in such a powerful way that everybody around here would come to see what's going on. Addict yourselves to the ministry of the saints. By the way, if we can't care about who's here, we're not going to care about who's out there. Do you understand? Do you understand? If you don't care for your brother that's sitting on the pew, you'll never care about somebody that's out yonder right in the world. So number one, we'll wake to righteousness. I'm going to encourage you to wake up. Number two, adorn the doctrine of God. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, addict yourselves to the ministry of the saints. Care about one another. Number four, and then go out approving ourselves as the ministers of God. Approving ourselves as as the ministers of God, you say, preacher, how do we do that? Through our appearance, we do that. Through our attitudes, we do that. Through our actions, look with me at Second Corinthians chapter six. I'll try to read this fast, but uh, but listen to this. Paul said, "We then, as workers together with Him." beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain for he saith i have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation of us accord thee behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed but in all things notice this approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience <laughs> Anybody in here got a coworker they can't get along with? Don't raise your hand. Please don't incriminate yourself. I try not to judge, but if you raise your hands, I become judgmental. I mean, you might not even be a coworker; It could be a family member. Your husband ain't got on your nerves back there yet, has he? Not yet. Man, I believe she's anticipating that. <laughs> It'll happen. She'll get on your nerves pretty soon too. But listen here. How do we approve ourselves as the ministers of God? I'm telling you, we need to encourage one another to be ministers of God. You know what? A lot of people are under a false pretense that I'm the only minister of God or Brother Mike is the only minister of God. No, no, no. If you're saved, you're a minister of God. If I fall over here and break my neck, I don't know what's going to happen, okay? i got a van out there that just roll me on the back and just hit, take me to Winston, but... We need to approve ourselves. How do we do that? We do that in the world through much patience and in afflictions, in necessities. You say, why should I have to be without? Listen, it's when you are without that you come out shining like a uh, uh, look uh, shining like a star, and, and you can let people know. Even though I might have been on the bottom, God has supplied my need once and again. Amen. So God allows us sometimes to hit the bottom. So uh, look, what has He done? Well, I'm telling you what He's done. I'm just going to brag on God. He's a great God. We just played it on the piano over here. He's a great God. I've been told you this morning, man. I'm driving a truck. Somebody asked me today or yesterday. We come up the mountain. Somebody said something about driving my truck because I don't want to put no miles on it. <laughs> kind of peculiar over that truck. At least the first one she ever bought me. Probably going to be the last one. I think I'll take care of it a while. Amen. Amen. So I'm talking about here, look, in necessities. God has let some people, Christian people, some good people, hit the bottom this year financially. Some people's lost their jobs. Some people's been laid off. But God's allowed that. God's love's been there all along. He's with you in the good days. He's with you in the bad days. He's with you in the days of bountifulness. He's with you in the days of necessity. And He expects us to be ministers of God when we have needs. By the way, you shine much brighter when it's darker outside. I'm saying tonight we need to exhort one another to do what? To approve ourselves as the ministers of God. Notice this. Through afflictions and necessities and distresses. In stripes. Paul said, no, I'm... look here, Paul had been striped in imprisonments. He said, I'm proven through all these things God's using me to approve myself. Listen, it was through all the things that Paul went through that people turned to look at him and said, that is a true man of God. And it'll be what you go through. The cancer. The diabetes. The separations and all these things. It'll be through the hard times of life when people look back. They'll see how you responded to that and they'll say, that is a true man of God. We are to approve ourselves as ministers of God. Notice this. I'll keep reading. In labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness. You know, let me back up. Rewind. Some of the young folks don't know what rewind is. That's like cassettes, 8-tracks, VHS. That tells your age, right? But what about in labors? Do you know... As a worker in a secular society, you will approve yourself as being a minister of God by how you do your job. That's what God wants us to adopt. The action of approving ourselves. Tomorrow when you go out, whether it's to go to work or wherever, go out thinking that I'm going to prove to somebody, not to make yourself somebody, but to make somebody see Jesus in you approving yourselves as ministers of God. Notice this. They said by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering. You said what is long-suffering? That's suffering long. By kindness, by Holy Ghost, by love and fame, by the Word of truth by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Paul said, I want you to do one thing, church. He said, I want you to approve yourselves as the ministers of God. By the way, you may be the only Jesus people ever see. You may be the only Jesus people ever see. And if you're fussing and cussing on the job, I guarantee you they won't want what you've got. Amen? So number one, these are actions we need to adopt in these last days. Number one, we need to awake to righteousness. Number two, we need to adorn the doctrine of God. Number three, we need to addict ourselves to the ministry of the saints and then approve ourselves as the ministers of God. And then number number five, and this is final, we need to be accountable, not only to God, but to the people of this world. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 4 and 1 one and 2. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. This is the verse of Scripture, the passage of Scripture that uh, Dr. Bobby Robertson of the Gospel Light Baptist Church in Walkertown preached at my ordination service. Thirteen years ago, he preached this. He said, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and as the stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Do you know you're going to give an account You're going to give an account of your service at the judgment seat of Christ. But you're also going to give an account at the great white throne judgment because it's going to be those that you're witnessing against at that great white throne judgment that said, why didn't you tell me? You had the truth, but you didn't share the truth. Are you accountable? Can people count on you to give out the truth? Can people count on you to give out the truth? You know the truth is the only thing that matters. Truth is what sets free. And we need to adopt the action of being accountable to God number one and to the man in this world that is watching us live for the man we say died for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day. We need to adopt this action of being accountable. You know what people don't want to do today? They don't want to they don't want to have any accountability. They live, I, I was talking to somebody out here in the foyer today. They, uh, they live trying to find out where he's at. Is he in here? He may be out walking around. Watch this right here. They their actions, Their actions are unbecoming of a Christian and they think that they're not going to have to give an account to God. But I'm telling you, you're going to have to stand before God and you're going to have to give an account of your actions and your lifestyle as a Christian. And we are supposed to be accountable. We ought to be people that this world could count on to get them the truth. Amen. Exhorting one another. Exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. I, I encourage you, church, to adopt these actions. Awake to righteousness. All the way down. All the way down to the last thing of being accountable. You are accountable. You say, well, I don't want to be accountable too bad. I hate to say this in an ugly way. You shouldn't have got saved. Amen. Because you know what? Hey, let me say this right here. You know what the Bible says? To whom much is what? To whom much is what? Oh, we want to be saved, but we don't want to tell nobody about Jesus. You're going to get in trouble for that. And I'm here tonight to encourage you to tell others about Christ. Be accountable. Be a Christian that can be counted on. Be a Christian, that can be counted on. I encourage you to adopt these actions. Amen? Let's all stand. Is this water up here drinkable? (laughs) It's in a bottle. (laughs) That makes it all right. we save this message here for tonight because this is a church crowd. This is the backbone of Victory Way Baptist Church. And uh, I don't know what you do. I I don't know how good of a Christian you are. I really don't know how bad of a Christian you are. I know how bad I am. And I hate it. Honestly, I hate it. I I fall short daily. Uh, And I need to do better. I promise you I need to do better. I've just been given the privilege of preaching. And I try to live good. I try to do right. But there's a lot of areas I fall short in. Maybe that's the reason God let me study this passage. But I want to tell you, as a preacher, of the Gospel. I do care about my life, but I care about your life. I want to exhort you tonight to adopt these actions. And I want you to live the best life you can while you've got... You know what? You only have one life to live. And all that you do for Jesus, that's all its going to matter. Everything else is going to be burned up, wood, hay, or stubble. But what you do for Jesus is going to last. So be the kind of Christian you should be. Be accountable. Adorn the doctrines of God. Awake to righteousness. Do all these things. And when you stand before God, you won't have to stand with your head down. You can stand with your head up. Amen? All right, let's pray. Our Father, we're very thankful tonight for the Word of God. And and I thank you for letting me preach here today. And and I hope I've been a help, Lord. I I just want to be a blessing. And I know that we all have... uh, uh, we We need work, Lord. All of us do. We all fall short. We all come short of the glory of God. But these are some actions that we need to adopt. And I agree with that. Up front, I say I'm the very first one. I'm the very first one that needs to adopt these actions. So Lord, help me to meditate on this message and then apply it to my life on a daily basis so that others may see Jesus in me. Bless this good church, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to give an invitation tonight. If you're here tonight and you don't know for sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven. Would you slip your hand up and say, Preacher, I'm not sure if I died I'd go to heaven, but I sure don't want to go to hell. Would you slip your hand up and, and, and say, Preacher, pray for me? Anybody? No? Okay. Well, you know what that means? That means everybody here is saved. That means everybody here is saved. So Christian, let me ask you a question. Are you the kind of Christian you should be? Do you Are you awake to righteousness? Are you living a, a, a lively life or are you living a lazy life as a Christian? Have you adorned the doctrines of God? Do you do it? Do you do that on a daily basis? What about? Have you addicted yourself to the ministers? And when's the last time that you text Brother Mike? When's the last time you? When's the last time you called somebody else in the congregation? Have you addicted yourself to the ministry of the saints? You said, Preacher, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Okay, would you would you consider, as Josh plays, would you consider just coming down to the altar and saying, God, I want to confess that I'm not the Christian that I want to be. But by the grace of God, if you'll help me, I'm going to put some of these principles to practice in my life. And I'm going to become a better Christian than I am right now. Would you come to the altar? Would you be honest? Would you come to the altar and say, God, I want to be a better Christian. Would you come tonight? Would you come as the altar is open and Josh is playing? Would you come? Thank you, Josh, for playing. Let me say this: I encourage you tonight. I exhort you. That word "exhort" means to encourage, to to lift up. I encourage you tonight to be the best Christian that you can be. Some of you, wives, are watching. Some of you, as families, watching. I tell you what: I, my my oldest son married a girl from Georgia, Kayla. And uh, she texts me regular, my daughter-in-law. She'll text me and, and she'll tell me, you know, encouraging things like the kind of preacher I am and, and all these things. And, and uh, But I'm going to tell you something. Somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching you. I don't know if it's your son or your daughter. And I'm going to tell you something. I told y'all this morning I battle with depression and I do. And I hate it. I, I don't think it's right. I think I need to keep my eyes on Jesus more. I fall short. But I'm going to tell you something. Many times in these 13 years I've been pastor at Lex when I wanted to quit. Many times. You said, preacher, you should be more spiritual than that. Then you can do that job and I'll go back to driving a truck. But let me tell you something. You know why I don't quit? I'm telling you. I've sat on that front pew while the choir was singing. And my little grandson will be over there singing in the choir with his mama. And God the Holy Ghost, He'll say, what are you going to do? What's He going to do if you quit? What's He going to do if you quit? And I'll say, God, if you'll just give me the grace, I'll keep going. And He's done that over and over and over again until we've got up to the 13-year mark. And by the grace of God, we'll continue on because he's watching. Because he's watching. It ain't just him watching. Man, there's young people at church watching. There's there's older people at church watching. They're just waiting to see what the preacher's going to do in difficult times. Somebody's watching you. Tomorrow when you go to work, somebody's going to be watching. I'll never forget when I used to drive a truck for Pine Hall Brick Company in North Carolina. We were sitting in a rainy day. We are sitting inside of a building down there in Winston-Salem. And and I didn't have any brick to deliver, and I bought my lunch to the to the table. There we sat down to eat, and I put that sandwich. I I put it was it that big? <laughs> I put that sandwich up to my mouth, and the Holy Ghost of God said, "Somebody's watching." And I didn't take a bite, but I put it back down, and I bowed my head to pray. I didn't say anything out loud; I just bowed silently, just prayed silently. When I got done, the boy, the boy that was with me in that same little building was in a little shed. Kevin was his name. He said, I was just watching to see if he was going to pray. Somebody's watching you. And here's my final words for tonight is, I encourage you to be the best Christian that you can be. Amen? Be the best you can be. Hey, Jesus deserves it. Amen. Thank you for coming tonight. I appreciate it. Brother Mike. She said yes. Oh. Remember the Mays family used to come sing for stuff? She was younger. She was in the Mays family. Wasn't yours gray headed? Oh. I didn't know that was still on. I didn't